I find practicing metta, a boundless heart comes quite uh, easily to me and uh, makes life more full and enjoyable. However, at the <coughs> at time I have found people can take advantage of my big heart. Where does the role of boundless uh, come in? Come in when we are committed. Uh, and uh, dedicated to practice uh, a boundless, okay, boundless heart. Uh, It is possible when people uh, do not understand the benefit of uh, metta practice, they can uh, uh, ridicule somebody, take the advantage of somebody, (coughs) because these people who uh, take advantage of ridicule metta practitioners are the ones who suffer a great deal. Uh, They don't know uh, any way out of their suffering. <coughs> Therefore, when somebody does this metta practice, uh, that they cannot relate to it because it is so alien to them, so unusual. So it is true that they would uh, uh, ridicule or make it make fun of you. But that should not discourage your practice. You continue to practice because you are the one who who really experienced the benefit. And eventually perhaps those who uh, look down upon you for practicing metta might uh, realize and they also wanted to see how it works. Probably they might uh, change their mind. I think that uh, that's what I must say. Uh, therefore I don't uh, think that you should uh, give up your metta practice. Of course if they take undue advantage, you know, just very uh, blatantly, grossly, uh, say something, do something, then of course you have to uh, defend yourself and protect yourself in a normal way without uh, uh, getting involved in other problems. But I would not uh, ask anybody to give up or discourage in practicing this. Uh, Isn't uh, part of seeing things as as they really are seeing the beauty in life, for example, noticing the many shades of green and 
shades of light on one life, one leaf. When you speak of overcoming the hindrances of desire, where does recognition of the recognition of this simple beauty that uh, we often miss and can uh, connect us to the uh, present moment come into play. My mind tells me when I hear this that life would uh, eventually become lifeless. Uh, appreciating something and uh, desiring something is not the same. Uh, even the fully enlightened ones enjoy the forest. Uh, there's, there's a saying, Ramaniyani Aranyani, Yatha na Ramati Jano, Vitaraga Ramisanti na Tekama Gaveshino, meaning um, enlightened beings <coughs> are delighted in the uh, beauty of a forest. But an enlightened person cannot appreciate the beauty of the forest. They may appreciate uh, uh, trees and leaves and so forth, but they don't appreciate uh, the whole uh, forest, which means that they use this, that kind of environment to uh, appreciate the silence uh, that they get from the forest, because the forest has its own very special uh, beauty, uh, preserving silence. So that is uh, not something we uh, overlook. But they don't become attached to the forest. They use it, see it, and then appreciate it, but they don't become attached to it. Appreciating something is one thing, becoming attached to it is quite another, not the same. (coughs) And in many discourses, in many uh, sayings, we see this happening uh, when uh, uh, even when he was going to pass away, at the, even at the age of eighty, he told Bindabala Ananda, Ananda, such and such a place is very beautiful, calming, relaxing. Let us go there. Let us go to such and such a place to spend the night, spend the day, because it is so, it is Ramaniya, that is very pleasing. Let's go. So he appreciated the beauty, silence and pleasantness of 
environment. <coughs> but never was attached to any of those things. I experienced a state of meditation of uh, what uh, felt like uh, unbounded rapture, uh, ear to ear smile, uh, what uh, consumed with uh, pleasure all uh, pervasive and bright, exciting it. I feel a little uh, inappropriate having so much fun in uh, somber and uh, austere meditation a meditation hall of grim yogis. Jhana <coughs> uh, or some other exuberance. Now, uh, when one is in uh, uh, bliss and peace and happiness, one does not necessarily have to have a ear-to-ear smile showing their teeth, uh, but the person inwardly can experience peace. So outwardly person may not appear very uh, happy, but inwardly person may experience great deal of happiness. So by looking from outside we cannot judge <laughs> whether the person is uh, in peace or not. You say that uh, metta should be an attitude that uh, permeates our uh, practice that it arises spontaneously and uh, can be taught. But for those of us filled with a lot of uh, uh, negativity, can it be helpful to have a more intentional, specific practice to begin to cultivate feeling of metta? A specific practice to begin to cultivate feeling uh, actually, uh, feeling of metta we cannot uh, introduce to somebody. One must feel it when one does the practice. The feeling naturally arises. All we can do is to uh, give guidelines like uh, uh, reciting these passages, this discourse that we recite every morning. My uh, suggestion is that if you uh, take time to read it, 
between lines, very slowly, mindfully, and think of uh, the depth of the meaning of these recitals. And uh, just imagine when you say, you don't have to say too much, if you simply say, may all beings be well and happy. If you recite only this sentence with full understanding, full meaning, eventually you begin to feel happy and peaceful. You begin to feel. One sentence, one word uh, is enough to uh, articulate it, to activate your feeling. Uh, of metta, and then you don't need too much instruction, too much advice from somebody. Could you speak about the antidote of each of the five hindrances? For example, if uh, restlessness arises, what can serve as an antidote to it? I see restlessness, uh, when it arises, uh, you can uh, uh, come back to your breathing and breathe several times to make the breath easy to notice and focus your mind on it. And also think of something very peaceful object, serene object. In our minds, peaceful and serene, uh, calm object is the the Buddha, not the image you see in the altar, but the image that we create in our mind, thinking of his very noble, peaceful qualities. You will never, of course, we have to have some understanding of uh, the qualities of the Buddha. Uh, we will never find any place, anywhere, where he uh, was upset, was angry, uh, was using uh, harsh words and so forth. All the time when you read so carefully the teachings of the Buddha, you can see Buddha was so peaceful. He was very, very much like a benevolent mother. Mother uh, tries to uh, teach her child something very, very good. If the child doesn't listen, uh, mother even would cry, uh, thinking how to teach my child this beautiful thing. Buddha did not cry, but he was so uh, earnest in teaching.
One day he said to Ananda, you know, Ananda was Buddha's personal attendant who followed the Buddha like his own shadow. In Mahasunyata Sutta you can see that. At the end Buddha said, Ananda, don't behave like my enemy. Behave like my friend. When you see Ananda's way treating the Buddha, you will be shocked to hear that Buddha asking him to ask him not to behave like his enemy. Because Ananda was so uh, caring the Buddha that it is said, but when the Buddha was taking two hours rest at night, after whole days teaching, advising and so on, he took two hours rest. Even during that time, Vendabhal Ananda took a club on his hand, putting, his in, putting it on his shoulder, went round the kuti where Buddha was taking rest. He was circulating around the, circumambulating the kuti with the club in his hand, so that no animal, no human will come and disturb the Buddha. <laughs> he was caring the Buddha so much. But then the Buddha asked Ananda, that Ananda, Ananda, don't behave like my enemy. What he meant was, Ananda, if somebody does not listen to my advice and turn away from my advice, he is treating me as his enemy. One who listens to these words and follow them and liberate from suffering is the one who behaves like his friend. You see how much compassion is there in this in this statement. So much caring, so much compassion Buddha had towards us. And we can see the see his heart so full of compassion. When we think of such a person, think of those qualities, we feel so filled with peace, joy, happiness. So restlessness will have no place after that in our mind. Think of peaceful object like this. This is called anusati meditation, Buddha anusati, Dhamma anusati, Sangha anusati, Sira anusati, Upasama anusati and so forth. <coughs> Upasama is uh, a peace, peace of liberation from all suffering. When this uh, inspiring thought develops in our mind, our restlessness will fade away. We say enjoying is impermanent. We also say people don't change, uh, uh, don't uh, 
change. Change is difficult. I know people for 10, 15 years, they still have the same bad habits and uh, personalities. Habits, tenderness, uh, personality and uh, uh, fairly uh, instant. Consistent, I'm very fairly consistent. Uh, are they permanent? People are uh, predictable. Are they permanent in same way? In some way? Uh, <coughs> if you know some people for 10, 15 years and uh, they are bad habits and so forth, persistent and uh, personality and so forth. The same, uh, I don't believe in that. Uh, but when we see somebody repeating uh, mistakes, uh, unpleasant things, undesirable thing, repeating. That repetition is uh, habitual, but at the same time you have to watch the person's mind. A person may not enjoy this. That person, even though the person repeats, that person himself or herself uh, repeatedly regret why I do all, I, I do this? I have done this every time I did this. I uh, repented. Uh, I didn't like it, but it happens very naturally. There's a habit. Uh, although the habit is repeated, every time the person repeats, his state of mind is different. And the repetition always is almost reflexive. The person is not doing it deliberately. At the same time, the person's mental state changes. So, uh, we say the repetition is due to permanency. It is not permanency. It is a sign of unmindfulness. So the person, has, the person develops a some degree of awareness of it each time person repeat it, but because of the samsaric habit, they repeat it. Even habit, though it is very persistent, very strong, is not permanent. It is changing. Uh, if the personality is changing uh, and the person physically is changing, mentally, psychologically changing, emotions changes, everything is changes, but uh, we uh, get irritated, upset every time something happens. On our part, 
Each time we re- we uh, get upset, we also won't be upset the same degree, same way as in the past. Our regret, our disappointment also is changing and uh, not to the same intensity as before. Every time we, it happens, we notice it also changes and we become even more and more insightful. These are the signs of impermanence. Is metta something that that uh, that lies within everyone? That just uh, needs to be uh, uncovered from. Deferment, defilements, or is it something that needs to be developed uh, not a natural state? Uh, I think I mentioned this uh, earlier. Metta lies in within every person's mind in a very rudimentary form. (coughs) But because of various conditioning, the person cannot develop it. That is the problem. Uh, Conditioning means some uh, other defilements, other habits and uh, so forth. The person cannot develop it. That is the only problem. And that is why the person needs some kind of guidance, associate with good friend, listen to good dhamma, and live in suitable location, uh, and learn how to meditate and so forth. This, all this will help the person to uncover or discover his or own root of loving friendliness or metta. It is there all the time. And some people can do it easily, as I mentioned this morning. Some people take some time to develop it. Can one attain jhana while doing uh, walking meditation? I think I mentioned no. You cannot attain jhana while walking because uh, you are engaged in uh, activities, various activities, physically and mentally, and uh, focusing mind on uh, one object, like breathing, uh, to the degree that the whole body and mind becomes calm, is not easy. Therefore, while walking you cannot do that. Uh, Would you change anything in the book that you wrote on jnana, now that you are, that you have had many years of uh, practice, uh, something uh, uh, I uh, particularly the understanding of uh, uh, what you call initial application, sustained application is 
drastically changed uh, because uh, what we read in books and in theories uh, doesn't apply. So it is changed. Uh, other things have not changed very much. <clears throat> what elements of vipassana can you choose for jhana? What are vipassana jhana? I think these two questions are related. Uh, vipassana jhana uh, <coughs> is the term uh, coined by uh, some meditation teachers, when you practice vipassana, mindfulness meditation, you gain jhana. As I mentioned it several times, uh, when you see impermanence of everything taking place in you, there arises uh, insight. That would uh, uh, make you understand that everything is, cha- is changing, therefore nothing is, uh, nothing remains permanent. Then mind settles down, no more agitation, no excitement. Mind settles down, then you become calm, relaxed because there is nothing new. Everything is happening the same way, changing, 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 changing. Then the mind becomes calm, relaxed, peaceful. You gain uh, knowing and seeing this, you become delighted, joy arises, and you become tranquil, calmness arises, you will be happy, you gain concentration. And that is called vipassana jhana. As opposed to Samatha jhana. In the Samatha jhana, you take the subject and focus your mind, especially like the breath, focus your mind on it and you uh, gain concentration. In each case, you come to a state where your hindrances will completely be subsided, then you gain concentration. You said your your favorite uh, satire is impermanence, but I hope you can teach much longer. Uh, Please give us some advice to prepare our return to real life. Again, there are several things in this. One is uh, thank you for continuing teaching at 88. You said your favorite uh, saying, maybe, is impermanence, but I hope you can teach much longer. Okay. (coughs) There's not much to say about the question. Uh, When you return to real life. Uh, This is my uh, uh, puzzle uh, that I cannot understand. What is the life here? 
it is artificial. So you imply this is artificial life, that is real life in the concrete jungle. <laughs> I think that is artificial life, this is the real life. You are confined to very small place always, the hearing vehicles and uh, you know, lot of noise and people buzzing here and there, a lot of uh, confusions, you know, smog and uh, vehicle fumes and so many things uh, happening in big uh, cities and so forth. And uh, so you assume that is a normal life, real life. Real life is, uh, you know, becoming greedy, getting into fight and argument and shouting and that's what they want to be, to call real life. Uh, we make it real because we are so used to it, <laughs> eventually it became a real life. Uh, to be away from that is not... I think even in this life, uh, if you... you can maintain solitude amongst a crowd. Ideal solitude you can maintain even amidst of big crowd, so long as you focus your mind on what is happening to you, in you, uh, even in uh, interacting with people, uh, you have to look at your mind and maintain your composure, your peace and uh, uh, calmness. That we can do even in uh, outside, outside uh, the meditation retreat centers. Even if you go to a meeting, a lot of people are shouting at each other, you know, trying to push their points, boost their ego, to show how much they know, and so forth. Even in that situation, uh, you can maintain your peaceful, calm state of mind and do your job more efficiently, more calmly and effectively if you remain mindful. <coughs> now, can one attain supramundane jhanas without ever experiencing mundane jhanas and use that uh, uh, supramundane attainment as a path to liberation? Uh, you can attain supramundane attainments uh, without uh, uh, mundane jhanas, uh, but you cannot call it a supramundane jhanas. The very word supramundane jhanas is used uh, the state of mind that you attain after attaining mundane jhanas. Mundane jhanas 
the difference between mundane jhanas and supramundane jhanas. Mundane jhanas have a, a, a goal of uh, gaining concentration. Supramundane jhanas has a goal of uh, liberating yourself from all psychic irritants, including uh, fetters, not only hindrances, but even fetters. In mundane jhanas you overcome only five hindrances. In the supramundane jhanas, jhanas, you overcome hindrances and then overcome your fetters. There is a question, I don't want to answer the question, but I read it. I don't expect me to answer that. It is totally irrelevant to our practice. Is it unwholesome to buy a car for a hundred thousand when you can buy a car for twenty thousand instead of instead that does some job? Not related to meditation. Okay. How many minutes do you recommend people meditate on a daily basis to develop and maintain a strong practice? Uh, actually, it is difficult to recommend, uh, but I uh, can suggest maybe at least half an hour, at least, the minimum, uh, but you have to do it several times a day, morning, evening, at least twice a day, every day. Then you begin to taste meditation and increase the uh, period of meditation. Okay. We will have guided meditation. Every morning I give guided meditation. I think if you remember that and follow it, that would be very good. Please uh, permit to ask somewhat uh, technical question. I have heard the term vipassana jhana. Could you please uh, describe it? I just answered that question. I don't have to repeat it again. Another is, uh, can you or someone of the other monastic share your experience with uh, jhana? Actually, experience with jhana cannot be shared. One has to experience it. Experience is one thing and talking about it is quite another. I was talking about it and I cannot uh, share the experience because experience, each person has to experience it. Someone say, I need to be more compassionate to myself instead of uh, uh, 
driving this old, uh, what do you call it, a car, I should buy a new car. <laughs> yeah, that also is not a meditation question. <laughs> okay. Uh, my previous Jhana instructions stressed uh, the use of excess concentration. What do you advise about this? I think I answered this question in my uh, one of my talks. Excess concentration is, uh, I think even last night I answered it this question. Uh, you just uh, uh, continue your practice and when you get, when you get closer to concentration, that state is called excess concentration. That means you are simply getting close to concentration and that is not full concentration, but you are getting close to it. Getting close to it is not enough for you to gain true concentration. This is just getting close. I gave an uh, example of a little child trying to walk. Even last night I think I answered that question. Can you speak about uh, whether other uh, methods like the uh, methodless method can have the jhana? can lead to jhana? Uh, no, I don't think so. You have to have a system, a method to attain jhana. Without any method, any system, you cannot attain it. I have heard the... I have had... I have had the... Uh, was using my thought, a thought stream as the object of uh, uh, concentration, then uh, moving to awareness, consciousness as the object, then consciousness uh, as my final concentration object. You said the deepest meditation experience I have had was using my thoughts stream as the object of concentration. Then moving to awareness or consciousness as the object, then void nothingness as my final concentration. Actually nothingness uh, you can experience <coughs> through uh, the process of uh, development of concentration. When you... Uh, there are three uh, gateways of liberation. They are called sunyata, 
Animitta, Appanita. Sunyata means emptiness. Uh, you can develop it from the very beginning of your meditation. Emptiness of emptiness of self. Emptiness of self. That you begin to see only when you experience impermanence very, very clearly and deeply, you understand emptiness or nothingness. And then uh, that would lead you to gaining deep uh, concentration and liberate yourself, liberate yourself from the notion of self and uh, suffering and uh, greed. So uh, that of course is one uh, approach of gaining liberation, but still you gain deep concentration. For the most part I can only breathe through one nostrils. At the time also I most uh, naturally feel the breath further into the nose. Not at the nostril opening. Since I usually breathe through one nostril mostly, can I still practice jhana by focusing on one nostrils? Also can I practice Jnana by focusing on wherever I feel the breath most naturally, such as in the nose, how about the abdomen or the whole uh, respiration process, that is a single point. Okay. Yes, you can focus your mind on wherever you feel the breath, even if you feel the rising and falling of abdomen, all you need is to gain concentration. So whichever you, wherever you focus your mind, if you gain concentration, you can gain uh, jhana. Uh, will you please see how to practice breath meditation uh, properly, skillfully? And in order to support, cultivate jhana, I think I mentioned it many times, focus your mind on the breath. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how to give you step by step. Uh, I can simply say you come, find a quiet place, find a good cushion, assume good posture, Keep the body straight and start focusing your mind on the breath and then uh, breathe normally and inhaling. These are the things I repeat all the time and I don't know what else I must tell you to make you understand the steps. Would you, uh, you you said that uh, unwholesome actions always lead to unwholesome results. Sometimes greed leads to the accumulation of wealth which might uh, result in beautiful home and early retirement. How is that? A bad result? 
Uh, you are talking about something different from what I am talking. I am talking about uh, gaining concentration, liberating mind from uh, sorrow, lamentation, lamentation, fear, grief and despair. Going to retirement home is not uh, doing any of these things. And uh, working very hard and accumulating a lot of wealth is not going to do any of these things. They rather increase your uh, greed, increase your uh, pain, sorrow, lamentation, regret and so forth and so on. So we are on two different pages, not on the same page. So, are there arahants in the world today? If so, where? I don't know where. There could be arahants. So long as Dhamma exists, arahants can exist. And I don't know where. Uh, it is possible. Uh, I did not make any survey, any, you know, statistical <laughs> <laughs> to know where they are. If someone would like to go on and uh, on on uh, and uh, exclude that, uh, extend that uh, retreat for two or more months, is there a is there a retreat center abroad? You would recommend. There are many retreat centers in Burma. If you contact Burmese embassy, they will give you addresses and contact them. Then you can spend not only months, even years. Uh, they will be happy to do allow, uh, to allow you to go. In the case of the hindrances of drowsiness, what is the teaching about? Uh, uh, about uh, uh, ah, about the caffeinated beverage like tea for drowsiness if you take uh, caffeinated anything tea or coffee instead of drowsiness you have another hindrance stresslessness and worry <laughs> <laughs> I would not recommend that. Can men obtain jhana without seeing the uh, nimit first? Uh, you can attain jhana. Uh, Nimitta is uh, something that arises on the way and uh, if you are very attentive you will notice it. Uh, if you are not attentive, you will miss that. When you miss it, uh, you may not be very sure whether you have attained jhana or not. When you hit that, that means very tiny little spark of light, you pass that. So you have to recognize it. That's only matter of recognition. How do we deal with wrong people in our own family who ridicule our practice? I think I mentioned it, gave the answer earlier. 
I like to finish this. Do stream enters see things as they really are for the rest of their life? Yes. Once you begin to see, once you show the things as they really are uh, at the attainment of uh, stream entry, you will never lose it. Never lose it. Always you will see them exactly as they are for the rest of your life. They do always see things as they really are. The last question is long. (laughs) Often I experience the pressure at the forehead between the eyes about the nasal area and even down into the upper set of teeth. The pressure can easily be exuberated exhibited when uh, attending to the uh, breath. Breath um, at or about the nose, nose or mouth. It is uh, uh, a definite uh, obstacle to the mind uh, settling as there is uh, discomfort uh, arising, discomfort, aver- aversion, and desire for it to go away, uh, forcing on the rise and fall of abdomen, or more generally attending to the breath helps a little, but not a lot. Do you have advice on how to dis- how to dis- uh, dissipate this uh, pressure, or to somehow, somehow practice uh, successfully despite its uh, uncomfortable uh, presence? It's like having a stone in the shoe that can be taken off when I want to hike. Okay, now when you have pressure in between the eyes and uh, so forth, perhaps you might be trying too hard and pressing uh, your uh, facial uh, muscles. Uh, therefore, I don't think you should do that. Uh, if you feel like focusing mind on the abdomen rising and falling, that would be good. And But above all, I would suggest you to relax. Relax and relax and relax. Don't try to push too hard. When you try to push too hard, it goes, the concentration goes away. When you do not push too hard, concentration will come to you very slowly, naturally, easily. So, uh, exit 
too much effort, too much energy on one area to by grinding your teeth and so forth uh, does not work uh, for you. So I advise you to relax and uh, take it easy and uh, be mindful and let the concentration arise naturally. With this, I think uh, I should... Oh, there are two more questions, but uh, when I get angry at someone, how can I stop this feeling? I said I would answer today, but I could not, I didn't have time. Tomorrow I will answer it. Uh, what are the exact steps to attain jhanas? I mentioned them yes, uh, today and uh, um, yesterday and today also part of it I answered. So I don't have to go through that again. But this and I postponed it to today, but today I didn't have time. I will answer it tomorrow. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>